0: Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: Welcome back to the French Rugby Podcast with me, Tim Groves, and ex-Scotland international and adoptive Frenchman, Johnny BT. We're coming to you quite a bit later than usual this week and there's no beating about the bush it's basically because everyone associated with Montpellier has been quite rightly celebrating in style for about a week after they beat cast to win their first ever top 14 title but better late than never Johnny we've got the main man joining us haven't we so we'll bring him in shortly to find out what the celebrations were like what it was like to be part of the first Montpellier team ever to win the top 14 he won't have had a lot of sleep did you get a lot of sleep last weekend
2: no I didn't get much sleep, mate. what a weekend. Montpellier's day, the first in their history. And it was epic, like to be there, the supporters, to see the emotion on the boys' faces at the end, to be down pitch side a little bit before coming back up into the main stand and just drink it in a little bit. Historic for them and amazing for the club. Like recent history, just showcases again, everybody arguing for ring fencing and no promotion, no relegation. Where would we be? It'd be boring. La Rochelle now champions of Europe. Montpellier, you know, 30-odd years in the top 14. And professionalism, sorry. And, and here they are, champions of France. First bit of wood, for first Brennus they've ever won. Um, and you saw how much it meant to them after the game. And they were absolutely phenomenal during. So, yes, I, like everybody, was a little bit late to answer your real question. That's what you want to know. Um, I ended up, again, we got away late from the commentary position with Premier Sports and Canal. And they do this weird thing at the top 14 final where they put on a concert. Like, the yeah. game finishes, they give the trophy to the boys. Then they have maybe... 10 minutes to make their way around the stadium, see families, hugs, kisses, show it to the fans. And then like a concert starts. So it blacks out the entire stadium. You can't see the boys celebrating. And they've they've got some band up who are like the French <laughs> pop idol or what it is from this year playing um the winners of this year's competition. It just the tracks from the rugby, which is what we're there for. So
1: do the players care about that or do they head back into the fuck?
2: <laughs> do they fuck? This thing, they're all in they're on the dark trying to share the trophy with the fans and let everyone touch it and take it around. But that's it. You've got this mental concert going in the middle, that not one person's there for the concert. <laughs> They're there for these players, to, to celebrate with these players. It's the weirdest thing. So you have to wait for all that to finish before you can then wrap up the commentary at the end of the programme. And by that time, I got down to the hospitality um, and Remy Tales was waiting for me, my teammate from CAST with Mathieu Bastro. So caught up with them really briefly, had a few drinks with the boys from Café de Paris, who sponsors the World Cup, coming up over the next um, 24 months. They're doing loads of cool stuff in rugby, um, so good to catch up with them. And then by the time we like, had those two drinks, it was one in the morning. Like It was bananas. And then, weirdly, I, I said before the-, the game, I had the invite from both parties, so I had to choose. And weirdly, Montpellier, they were off. Like They were off on one. It was euphoria. It was almost the cast boys that I felt sorry for and probably have closer relationships. Even though the bigger part was with Montpellier, I went and had a beer with a couple of the Cass boys, particularly because Remy Tales was there. He'd been asked by the president of, of Cass. So I ended up in their hotel in Paris and got home at 7.30, eight in the morning, an hour and a half sleep. And then... I had to fly down, my daughter Cora had a dancing display, so I had two hours, <laughs> of to, two hours of sleep, and of course, you feel like one of those alcoholic dads that rocks up stinking at the back of this dancing display. Off which, my daughter's display went on for three and a half minutes, and the display then lasted two and a half hours. So I started dying, <laughs> uh, hating this dancing display in the dark, half asleep while my in laws were there judging me, the smell coming off me. Um, oh, I didn't care, it was just an amazing weekend. The rugby was. Fantastic. It was great to catch up with both sets of players after the game really briefly. Go and have a few quiet beers as the as the cast boys drown their sorrows, but just amazing for Montpellier and the club.
1: And we'll hopefully hear about the Montpellier party soon. The mood at the party you went to, the cast event, presumably somewhat more somber, but it's still been a hell of a season.
2: It has no the Montpellier party. We've followed on Instagram, <laughs> social media. I've been in touch with a few of the boys as well, and they're having a hell of a time. Um But the cast debrief was like I walked in and it was very, very dark. Um, You know, a few beers later, it started to kick in and it picked up a little bit. But I think more than anything for them, it was just the manner and the way they lost the game and casted what cast never do. And that was they tried to force it. That's not how they play. They have the same style and template of the way they try and play the game both sides. But for whatever reason, cast chose or whether it was pressure or the occasion or feeling they had to force something, had probably their worst performance of the season in the final. And I think that's the really deflating thing for the players, for this cycle, this generation that's come through, and for the coaching staff that's young and is learning as well. For whatever reason, they did everything they haven't done all, all year, whether it was trying to force things and offload the ball out of contact without ever really dominating. They would turn the ball over easily. They would try to run from deep, which we never see Cass do. Geoffrey Police, we talked about it after the game trying chip kicks out was was on 22 when he's got nobody to chip to no chance of gathering he turns over the ball and you ask him Jojo what are you thinking he's just like I don't know just brain explosion like you know just these types of things that kept on happening normally have such an ultra pragmatic defensive way of playing that's why they led for so long across the year with a narrow points difference they find a way to grind teams down but they never really cripple teams or, or obliterate them um and that was it. They tried to run from deep. They lose the ball, set piece, which is normally stable, didn't perform. Their lineout crumbled. Gaetan Barlow really battled with his darts. Any ball they got was at the front. They got absolutely smashed by everyone at 45 degrees, coming off the back and smashing their maul. Their, their scrum didn't hold up really either. They were under pressure and giving away penalties. So they really couldn't get any foundation in the game, in any part of the game. And that was it. It looked like absolute one way track. It's probably one of the most dominant final performances. I've ever seen. It was one-way traffic. And that was it. It was almost deflating. Even to talk about it from a commentary position, after 25 minutes with those three early tries in 12 minutes, you thought, how are cast going to get their way back into this game? And they kept rolling the dice. And they didn't come up with plays. It was turnovers from Montpellier. And it was just easy for them. Once they were settled in their game and they had those points advantage. there was no way back. Um, and that was it. They kept compounding their errors. And then discipline starts to go. Penalties. It was all too easy for Montpellier. You mentioned it three tries in the first
1: 12 minutes. They were blown away, cast. And you say their game fell apart and it was a departure from what they normally do. We spoke in the build up about how they were the ones with the experience of, of finals, of winning top yep. 14 titles, of, of grinding it out. So, why do you
2: think that was? I think a few things happened, like you mentioned, a few quick fire scores. And then once you get into the meat of the game, a, it looked like cast, energy was completely gone for whatever reason, them coming around the corner like Tom Staniforth, time and time again, offering himself, trying to carry nobody with him, nobody coming with him, nobody to clear out, Montpellier, good line speed, getting on the deck, good jackals, the ball be turned over. Conversely, when Montpellier had the ball, round that corner early, in numbers, Zach Mercer managing, tip the ball on, change the point of contact, make it impossible, cast slow to come around the corner. So, I'm not sure which came first, but there was a real lack of energy, which is really strange from Cast. That's what they build their game on working as a team, energy, outworking opposition. And Montpellier, which they were better in every single facet. And whether that was because they had ascendancy in those key areas, whether it was set piece in, in, in scrum time, for instance, Cast having to stay an extra two seconds to consolidate their ball. Montpellier, the boys up front did their job. The back row can get around the corner, get out, can defend. But it just seemed that Cast was second to everything. And it, it became almost cruel. In that Montpellier were that dominant when it was Camera, but Yukuba camera coming around the corner, whether it was Girado, Zach Mercer. These guys, the influence they had and the freshness they had for whatever reason in the game on the day, they were so far superior. And once casts were forced to chase the game, they're just not suited to that style of play at all. And they they fell apart. With that being said, Montpellier, they were imperious in certain elements of that game. And they've been so good all season after being, you know, in a relegation battle last year, to do what they did and demolish a cast side in a final like that absolutely worthy winners. They were phenomenal on the day. Um, And great to see we've had Zach Mercer on as well on the podcast, man of the match in the final. I mean, the guy was, and you speak to everyone, you know, the Canal Plus teams, France Television, um, everyone that's there, like they're absolutely in awe of this kid and what he's doing, the way he's playing the game, whether it's just his rugby IQ, the speed of thought, the, the willingness to to get his team on the front foot from pretty much every single area, to beat the first defender, whether that's in multi-phase or off turnover or offload. He was absolutely everywhere. So performance by him was superb. And and across the board, Montpellier were just fantastic on the day. And quickly on, Zach, are they surprised, those people you speak to as well? Because it's not like he was unheard of. They would have known about him. No, no, he's an unknown. This is the thing. I think for British rugby public, maybe not even British and Irish rugby public, but for English rugby public, premiership watchers at Bath, they knew about him and he should be picked by Eddie. And, but French rugby public, we, we like we don't get premiership rugby here. It's not on TV. It used to be on RMC, on RMC. It's now not on TV. So Zach was a complete unknown quantity. And for somebody to come over and have that level of impact with two caps is absolutely insane. And to do it on the, the day, to do it again, he's been consistent all year. He's led in ball carries and offloads, tackle breaks, uh, minutes played. He's been there all year leading, but then to do it on that level in front of that many people on the biggest rugby day in the French rugby calendar, everyone was like, wow. And I mean, it's just insane. You think he's obviously, he's off. I think he's getting married tomorrow, Zach. He's getting married this weekend. <laughs> he's wearing his stack. He went from the celebrations to stag do to getting married this weekend, coming up and then coming back and doing all again next season. So what a year it's been for him. But the answer is yes. People here have been surprised because Zach wasn't unknown. And now He's no longer, uh, and there's going to be a big tug of war between Montpellier, who I know are desperate to keep him, and a few clubs back in the premiership that would love to have him um, so he could potentially fight for an English jersey. And aside from that, you know Montpellier very well as a club.
1: They were runners up 2011, 2018. You know Mohamed Altrad as well, Yeah, it, what he's done there. it gives us a sense of what this means to, to him, to the club, to the people, to the city.
2: Well, I spoke to Mohamed before the game, So I was down touchline and caught up with a few of the players, just as everyone was warming up and taking the game in on both sides and and bumped into Moed. And I think for him, it was just a question of validation. It's incredible what he's done for the town of Montpellier, the investment in the rugby club. Now, obviously, with the French national side, the All Blacks as well. You listen to him talk about his company in detail, how it started, the journey they've been on, how he loves rugby values and how that can intertwine in his corporate interests, which are completely detached but he likes to take the rugby story and take those core values and instill them on his employees and his company. But I think just for him, it was the arrival. It was the finality of, there's been an investment, we've been on a journey, but now here we are, look what we've done. This is our first top 14 title and we've arrived. There've been big ups and downs. They've been to finals, as you mentioned, they were near relegation last year, but, and he was first to mention Fufu, Benoit Payog, Girardo. these guys that have been there, Gerardo a bit a bit less, but the journey that they've been on as a club in this big cycle. So for Fufu, it's been 20 years nearly, a rugby lifetime. And to finally arrive and win something like this, the stature, the level and the importance that is attached to this title by the French rugby public, and Moed absolutely understands that, um, is just incredible. Uh, And that was what he was trying to get across before the game, which is lovely to catch up generally because he's a really good man. But yeah, what an effort. And, And to do it from where they've come from as well last season is simply outstanding. So... They were right to enjoy the celebrations. They absolutely did. And they're still going on. I think they're currently in Barcelona. But well, what a few days they've had. Even on a
0: budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
1: Well, let's get it from the horse's mouth then and find out exactly what it was like to be part of the first Montpellier team ever to win the top 14 title. We can have a chat with their Italian fly half Paolo Garbisi. How you doing?
3: I'm great. I'm great, guys. Thank you for having me. How are you? We're not as good as you, I don't think.
1: It's been a heavy <laughs> week.
2: <laughs> Our smiles aren't as big, mate. Our smiles are not as big. Um mate, talk to us about the game because it was clearly a dream start. Like you understanding on the field the first 15 minutes, how well it went. What did that feel like on the pitch?
3: Of course it feel like it felt great to be honest. Uh like we we talk about all week during all week to that was important to have a great start and yes we we spoke about like they in the past they they've won the championship we we never won it so it, it wasn't possible for for them to uh, to have more desire than it was for us to to win it so uh we had we had to show it from from minute 1 and this is what we did and uh that yeah of course we we couldn't expect to be I think twenty point in front of the twenty minutes <laughs> we we didn't plan that to be honest, but that was that was great but as well we uh we knew that they they were trying to come back because they uh it seemed like they really they never let off and uh they are really like mentally they are really tough uh because they like they they, they feel they feel you you can't really feel that you've beaten them uh never never during the game and uh so i think for us, was it was very important to not not let them score early in the second half because uh, otherwise that would have been more complicated. I think uh, so. Yeah, I think uh, the defense that we we did in the second half was as well as important as the the first thirty minutes.
1: Absolutely, there was a couple of chances early in that second half, weren't there, Johnny? Held up over the line, spilled the ball. That's just as important as yeah. scoring to try, I guess.
3: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. We were a bit lucky in a few in a few situations where like it was well, they were really inches away from from score so yeah but you need everything don't you <laughs> so so yeah Now we absolutely i'm very i'm very pleased about the uh the effort of the team and of course we were really happy
2: i mean you say luck but the amount of effort that like zach went through camera girardo these boys it was serious digging deep time. Some of the effort on your defensive line was incredible. And oh, again, and when you got off the field, it was crazy. And then when you saw the emotion, like for Guillaume to finish his career like that, for Fufu to finish yeah. after 20, 20 years with one club and to go out on a title, did you get a sense of how much it meant to these guys in the build up and then after the game as well?
3: Of course. But I, like, of course, they like, will. It was a special game for us. Probably probably more special for us than it was for for, for cast, even if it, it was a final for both of us. But for yeah, you know, for for, for the little stories that we we had on the team, Guy Fufu, even Benoit was moving to, to loan after yeah, thirteen seasons, I think. So yeah, I, I can't really understand what, what the what they were feeling like after the game. Because like of course I was really happy, was really proud, but I think for them it was something really, really like next level, something like even unbelievable, really. Uh, like they've played, I think like 13, 14 season and Guillaume is only won like twice. Fifi was his first time, Benoit as well. So so and that shows like how difficult it is it is to win, to win a championship. Because if you if you put to lose in one side, they've won. I think like loads of times in the last years. But for the other teams, it's it's really difficult. So I think this, of course, is meant meant a lot for them. And but you could see for all the team as well, because as you said, the effort was was un, was unbelievable, even in in the semifinal. And six days later, it was really unbelievable as well.
1: I love the fact that you said how difficult it was. You clearly have a good sense of the history. This is your first season there. You've, you've won it already. What, where where it? do you go from here?
3: That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess it was pretty easy, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But not really. Um, everyone, everyone told me, like, enjoy the moment because it's it never comes like every season. It's going to come every season. So, uh, so, yeah, especially, like, last year, I think they uh they ended up being i don't know tenth on the lock at the end of the season. Yeah. so so yeah it was really 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 special and uh, of course yeah it was 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 special for me as well because first year i could i could get win but yeah i could i could realize that it, it it's it's a very tough league it, it's it's long it's it's tough you play every team you play against is it's difficult to play it's physical so yeah yeah it's I could I could understand how how difficult this to be honest
2: it is but you've made it look easy that's the crazy thing you Zach <laughs> the way you've approached it and and the way you've gone on to win in your first season in France in the top fourteen it's fairy tale stuff importantly though talk to us about the celebrations what happened at the final whistle and what did you get up to after the game how did you celebrate as a squad together
3: uh, so of course yeah we we spent a lot of time on on the pitch uh, before t- uh, like. But before uh, we got the brand news, uh, we like, we, we, of course, we celebrate on the pitch. Then we went upstairs on the on the on the stadium to do like the, yeah, the, the, the function really with uh, we, we the title, then with the fans uh, on the state in the stadium. And then in the changing rooms, like cigars, champagne, it was like it was like an NBA party to be honest. <laughs> Proper. <laughs> Any ski
1: goggles?
3: Like the Toulouse boys last year. Yes, as well. So yeah, it was was unbelievable. Then I had to do the anti-doping, so I missed. Oh the, nightmare! Yeah, yeah, well, that, that was sad to be honest. I had to do anti-doping tests. So yeah, I missed the, the the first minutes of that. But but yeah, then yeah, we left the stadium at half one, and then the the club reserved for us are uh, a club in, in 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 Paris. So by bus we went to the club. And uh, yeah, we we sat at the club until like six a.m.
1: Johnny was at the other club. Just say so you no, know, pal. He picked the wrong party. Yeah. No, do, do you
2: know? So I went and I went and saw some cast friends who were like picking themselves out the dirt. They were really, really devastated. Um, yeah. Okay, one, one of the bits I loved about your story, tell us about one of your second rows. So there were sixty people that got on the train to go back to Montpellier, and one of your boys got on the wrong train and ended up in Lyon. Talk us through it.
3: So, basically, we, we, we are in Paris Station, of course, like, it was, like, loads of people, like, loads of people, lots of people. And uh, so, like, we're running, like, we're walking to catch the train, but there's one train on the left and one train on the right. But, like, you could clearly see all the team going on the left, like, everyone, was, everyone with the Montpellier t-shirt was going on the left. And this guy, I don't know what he was up to. I think he didn't sleep that much, to be honest. I'm sure <laughs> about that. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, he, he went to the train on the right and yeah, he completely he missed the train. And you're right, I think we are at half seven in Montpellier uh, because we had the train at four. And he, I think he arrived at, I don't know, like 10 p.m. or something.
2: no coincidence it was the second row that missed the train journey mate it's always the second row they're thick as mince let's be honest it's always the second rows and he's leaving right he signed for Poe so we can identify him as your second row that signed for (laughs) Poe we're not going to give his name (laughs) well there you go he ended up in Lyon poor boy Um, and mate talk us through once you got back we've all seen Enzo Forletta leading the charge that guy is a force of nature he's becoming more famous for his extracurricular activities as opposed to his rugby on the field he looks like a machine. Talk us through him and how, how much he enjoys a party, and how much fun has it been back in Montpellier. And the boys are down in Barcelona, I think, as well. So, what have the past three, four days been like?
3: Um, yes. Yeah. So yeah, Enzo is 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 so funny. Like <laughs> you can't stop laughing when when you're beside <laughs> him. It's unbelievable. Like he's like that like all the season. So, but the problem that is, we should record him all the time because he's always like that. It's always like that. <laughs> so yeah, it's, yes, yeah, it's, it's very funny. Then yeah, boys, I think they've been celebrating for for days and days and days. I couldn't unfortunately because yeah, on on Sunday I I, I came back to Italy. I drove back to Italy actually uh, to reach the to reach the team. So so yeah, but I I I like I saw a few photos, videos, and yeah, I saw I saw boys. They were really celebrating very hard
1: <laughs> did you not think of giving Kieran a call and saying oh, come on like, another couple of days won't hurt will it
3: no 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 not even for one second like of course I was was really happy but when we talk about my country it comes first all the time
2: and when we talk about your country mate you've got a legacy of whether it's Dominguez or Parisse, guys that have been flying the flag in the top 14 over the past couple of decades that have had massive success so how proud are you as an Italian now to be backing up international rugby, but to flourish in the top 14 as well, it must be a great feeling.
3: Yeah, honestly, it is because uh, I I can tell you there were lots of doubts by like people that had a lot of doubts on, on on my decision to go over to Montpellier uh, when I took the decision last last summer. So most of most of the people were not were not really sure about that because most of them they they felt that it was too early uh, to go, to go abroad and play abroad. Uh, but yeah, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for, for for myself first and, uh, for, but I think it, it's very good for, for Italian rugby as well. And we see now this summer, next season, they're gonna, they're gonna be like more players playing in, in, in England, especially like London Irish, Worcester. So yeah, um, I think this is, this is very good also because it, it leaves space. In the Italian teams, uh, Debra and Benetton for other players, young players to, to to come through, and yeah, I think this is a very positive aspect, and I hope that in the future, loads of, of of Italian guy will have the opportunity to play abroad.
1: And you mentioned that a lot of people thought it might be too early for you, for you. you. Clearly, proved them wrong. But Kieran Crowley was quite encouraging, wasn't he? He, he wants people to go abroad and play abroad, doesn't he?
3: Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. He was, he was like he. He did support me hundred percent when when I told him that I had this opportunity to go. Honestly, it was it was it was happy. It was really happy. about for me and uh, and yeah, he he told me, "Mate, he if I were you, I like I would go." <laughs> so so yeah, uh, I had. Uh, a constant uh, support from him during during all the season uh, before before and after the November test matches before and after six nations and 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 now uh, before before this summer summer tour so yeah um, that was it felt easier uh, as well with this with the support
2: and mate you mentioned some of the younger players and the places that are alleviated back home you're on the bench this weekend for Italy but your younger brother Alessandro who I worked on some of his games in under 20s he is going to be an, another amazing rugby player how cool would that be for the pair of you to play together for the Italian side that must be an incredible thing that's about to happen
3: <laughs> yeah that would be that would be incredible to be honest that would be yeah I hope to to enter the pitch before before he he goes out <laughs> uh, yeah but yeah that would be that would be absolutely incredible and uh I don't know how many nine and tens brothers like played together in the in international rugby. So, so yeah, I think, I think it's, it's, it's a very proud moment for our family. And, uh, unfortunately, we don't have a third brother like the Barrett, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, I think two it's not, it's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, so no, no, yeah, of course, I'm, I'm very happy. And, uh, honestly, I, I hope to, to have loads of, of of opportunities to play with him even in the future, uh, so yeah, let's let's hope that things will go in a good way for us.
1: And it's obviously been a dream season for you. You mentioned the move to Montpellier last summer, and you obviously came through the Italian system before that. So, how did that move to Montpellier come about? And presumably, you had other offers on the table. You could have gone elsewhere in the world. So what what made you choose Montpellier?
3: The the first thing is that. I I had other offers, but they were all uh, like URC uh, teams. So uh, I decided to like uh, my first idea when I was like younger. It was to go to England, but the first really opportunity that I got was Montpellier, not to be in the URC. So uh, so yeah, I decided I decided to go and to yeah and to take that opportunity, and especially because I wanted to to train every day and to play with with a player like like Andre Pollard and um, yeah like l- lots of people it, like they were disappointed because they they saw like the uh, that Pollard was a, as a negative but for me it was really a positive thing and uh, so yeah these were the two main two main uh reasons uh like that I thought about to take my decisions
2: and how have you found that experience because you've gone you've signed with a world cup winning springbok and i imagine your thought process would be okay i'll go i'll learn there'll be yeah. points that i can take from him definitely but you've moved ahead of him in the pecking order and i know he's had his injuries and i can see the smile on your face but what has that been like to keep a world cup winning springbok 10 out of the team and then to have the season that you've had with young guys like zach you guys have been absolutely flying so what has that been like to sort of move ahead in the pecking order and start in that final
3: yeah it was special uh, it was special because um, yeah again thinking about last summer I couldn't even imagine that I could play these, the amount of games that I played uh, yeah because I think I played 20 games with Montpellier this season and more than more than two 2,000 minutes uh, including Italy as well so uh, so yeah, I couldn't I couldn't even imagine that to be honest. And uh, yeah, he was he, Andre wa- wasn't very lucky because he had a few a few injuries, and uh, I think he he couldn't never get the rhythm and the the flow into into that. But it was 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 really uh, important for me to to have a lot of like rugby rugby time. He helped me a lot to be honest. He helped he helped me a lot uh, during the weeks. Uh, even during the games, because a few times we played 10-12, me at 10, him and 12, and uh, yeah, during those games to play 10 was, was easier, to be honest, I have to say that. <laughs> And, uh, but yeah, is uh, and then from, 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 as a, as a, as a human being from, from the human side is, is a very, very good guy as well.
2: And you mentioned as well that the, the fight for game time, now that you've had that and you've established yourself, like last time I was in Montpellier, you were on the front of the billboards, they're using you a lot on promotional. So is there a sense as well, that's a place you want to stay? I know it's ridiculous, but is <laughs> a sense that you want to stay? Are you able to go to the coaching staff and try and extend your state because clearly it's working well. You just won the championship. You would think now would be the the moment to send your agent you and Zach together. Let's go and get a three four year contract extension.
3: I've done it. I've done it already. So I hope Zach will do the same thing. To be honest, <laughs> that would be very good for us. I don't want to play against Zach. <laughs> but uh, but yeah yeah I've uh, i signed uh the week before the semi final. the week of the semi final for like for two more years. Congrats. Uh, I, yeah, thank you, Boys. I have I had like this season and next season. So I, I put two more years on, on, on my regional contract. So yeah, it's gonna be twenty twenty five. Was was it was easy the season for me, uh clearly after the title, but even 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 before to be honest, because I, I always I've always felt that Montpellier was, was my place. Not my place, but I've I'm always I've always been happy. I've always been happy, like with with the team, uh, like with the with the living style, with the with the weather as well. So so yeah, I'm 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 very happy in Montpellier. Johnny mentioned Zach.
1: We were chatting before. Johnny was saying, sort of, yeah, he was well known in in england well regarded in england but actually in france he wasn't well known at all and the season he's had how good he was in the final are you surprised that he's with you and not with england he could be on tour to australia are you are you surprised that he isn't being looked at by england
3: 100 percent i think he's is the, the the best uh number eight that england have right now not even allowed in my opinion so yeah i'm i'm, I'm surprised i don't know I don't know like very very well England rules about players who play the bro- who play abroad, and uh, so I'm I'm not quite sure that he he can make the the England team while he's abroad. But um, but yeah, as I said, he's he's he's, he's the best option they have at the moment, and number eight, like without any any doubt, in my opinion, I don't know if he can play for England, but if he if he could. I think you definitely deserved uh, a chance.
1: And you are now, as we mentioned, in Italy camp already. So you've you've gone straight from the top 14 final, left all your mates celebrating on the beers for the whole week in Barcelona, as Johnny said. You're serious business. We can't let you go without mentioning what happened in March, the scenes of celebration in Cardiff, everything that happened there, we obviously hope Italy are going to be on the up now from there but just give us a sense of how emotional that day was in Cardiff what it meant to you and what you have to do now to almost take that next step and be competitive consistently
3: uh yeah of course from from our rugby perspective uh probably it was the best day of my life and because all of what we have been through and as a team i'm i'm also like talking about boys who have been losing for I don't know four or five years, you know, because that was my only second Six Nations. So I was was I was quite new, by the way. Well, boys who I don't know, they they, they did lose uh, I don't know twenty five games in a row in the Six Nations. So uh it was it was very special for us and for, for all Italian rugby as well. All the like Federation and stuff. Uh but yeah it, it has been like it has to be uh a point to like to go on, like to move on, because we can't be happy about like win every every seven years. (laughs) So we have to keep working hard and hard and hard because the gap with with the team is is, is still still quite high if you think about probably like team like France or England. So so we need yeah we need to, to, to work really really hard but I think I think we we will be competitive more competitive in the next six nations, and uh, and yeah, I really, I'm really looking forward to it.
2: Mate, you will be when you see the state of your under 20s, the strength that's coming through there. When you see yourself, your brother who's going to be there very shortly, when you see Capuazzo, who's as he moved to, he's moving to Toulouse in the interseason as well, like the yeah. standard of player that you have has just shifted up a gear. So ultimately, you will find consistency in this next six nations. I hope it's a massive year for you, just not against Scotland. I'm going to add that as a, as a caveat. Um, but mate, it's just been so good to watch. It's been so good to watch you come through. Um, the season you've had at Montpellier has been phenomenal. Um, wish you all the best this weekend against Romania. And Thank congratulations you. on your contract extension as well. But well done for Montpellier. My old side, absolutely phenomenal to watch. So proud of the team effort. The boys that are retiring, absolutely delighted for them. But for yourself and what you've brought with a new young generation, well done. It's been so much fun to watch you. Thank you. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks so much for joining us. Johnny mentioned the new contract there. You can probably afford it, but we don't want to be responsible for any fine handed down by Kieran Crowley. So we'll let you go.
3: (laughs) Thank you, guys. Cheers, Cheers, Paulo. All the best this weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye.
2: First of all, how about his English? Incredible. (laughs) Mate, his English? Wait till you hear his French. So he leads the Montpellier side. I saw him doing all the Canal Plus interviews after the game in French. He had 12 lessons, one hour each, and then was fluent in French. He's also just finishing a business and economics degree. The boy is a machine. He's an absolute freak show, um, smart kid, and what a player as well. So awesome to have him on. watch out for his brother as well, his younger brother. I'm telling you, Mm -hmm. I watched him play for the 20s. He is a freak show. Scrum half. So when they get together as a 9-10 combination for Italy in the next five to 10 years, they're gonna kick up a gear massively. So not amazing to have him on, really smart boy. Um, and almost just I don't know, you just don't understand, or he can't fathom how easy it's been, I think. When you see, like having played with Fufu and Benoit Payog and these guys that have been part of the woodwork for 20 years, and they just squeak out with a title and it's you know, first year to do it at the first time of asking. It must be mind-blowing for these guys, for Zach, for Paolo. Um, but so good to have him on, such a good boy. Um, what a performance as well. Like the way he played at the weekend, he was absolutely magic. So great lad. And not only smart, you
1: can tell speaking to him how he could command players who are
2: 35 and at the end of a, a career. He clearly has the respect of everyone and leads that side. Well, that's it. He talked about leaning on guys like Andre Pollard, He's got Jan Serfontaine outside him as well at 12, who's he punches every single weekend. He's got a squad around him that he's got talent and leaders and physicality around him as well. And he mentioned how the top 14, you know, it can be a slog and it's a marathon, but when you go from the URC playing from a team in Italy and getting dominated to leading a top 14 side with that caliber of player and winning a top 14 title, that will do wonders for his confidence and the way he's regarded by the global rugby public. And, um, so a great move for him, and absolutely, Philippe Saint-André, the job he's done in persuading him, it wouldn't have been hard to persuade him to stay in Montpellier. But the fact that he's put pen to paper, he's there for 2025, is great for his future. What percentage increase, Jerkin, And he got not enough. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Oh, I signed before the semi." I'm like, "No, wait till mm. after the final, then go and ask, <laughs> ask Moed when he's all happy. He's had a couple of glasses of champagne after the final, get that big bang up." But mate. He's absolutely worth any increase he's got. Um, a top 14 champ- championship will never be taken away from him. Um, and a great point. And the other thing, we spent
1: a fair bit talking about Italy during that that little yeah. 20 odd minutes. And we thought we'd be speaking more about the the celebrations. He wasn't there all week. He was there for a couple of nights, maybe. And then he was straight to Italy preparing for Romania. He's on the bench this weekend. But just the sense of sort of even suggesting that he might have wanted to stay an extra day or two in Montpellier. No, nah. so, nah, he's, he's nah. Uh, properly proud to be
2: leading Italy forward. Of course he is. And I think he understands as well, there is a wave about to arrive. I think they've also got their model right in that now they're churning out a decent number of kids. Like some of the athletes, some of the front rowers they've got coming through are impressive. But like Scotland, you can't hold on to everyone. You have to let people go. They have to spread the wings. They have to have different experiences, be that culturally or the environment. And that's where he'll bring things back. And that's where Kieran Crowley absolutely understands. You can't pin these guys down. You have to let them free and have that experience. But then when it's time to switch on, absolutely, he'll be desperate to get back, to kick on, and take that buzz that he'll be feeling now from being a top 14 winner to Italian camp, kicking on, beating Romania, and then coming back and finding that consistency as a unit as they lead the way through the Six Nations and onto the World Cup in 2023, which he'll be a massive part of. So... Now, he's a young man. He's a leader. He's already top 14, a top 14 winner at such a young age. It's just incredible. So delighted to have him on uh, and sure he'll come on again next year. A great, great lad. Right. Can't imagine what it might be, but it's about <laughs> time we did our Peter <laughs> moment of the week. What have you got for us? Very simple. Um, history makers, my old side, Montpellier, for Moed Altrad, for Zach Mercer, for Fufu, Benoit Payog, for Paulo. And the master of the sky, Enzo Froletta. I'm not sure if you've all been following him on social <laughs> media, but have a look at Enzo Froletta on the various pages. You can find him um, leading the charge. But Montpellier, as a club, writing their own page of history, the celebrations that they had at the Plastic Comedy, then at the beach, spoke to Fufu yesterday, I think, on FaceTime, absolutely smashed down by the beach loving life, just for the week they've had, the season they've had, and top 14 winners, the meet moment mm-hmm. of the week. Is Montpellier rugby for their first top 14 title? We saw the traditional slip and slide in the change room.
1: They always do that. We saw Arthur Vincent surfing with the Bouclier de Brennus. Uh, I mean, Guillaume Garrido, I think he's quite old now. He was sleeping next to it, wasn't he? But what, well, mate, what He's quite old. <laughs> what else have we seen from the, the celebrations? Because it's always that's a big thing, isn't it? In the top 14, the trophy, what it gets up to after the
2: final. Yeah, and, and the journey it goes on. Um, but then it's where you are. So if you're up in Paris and you're a Stade Francais player, you're, you're celebrating in Paris. The beautiful part is taking it back to the town. So Place de la Comédie, which is the big central square in Montpellier, they're a massive party reception. And then you take it out to all the different beach clubs, which is where you spend your weekends as a player recovering. It's different to being back in the UK and Ireland where it's miserable. These boys in all the different beach bars, taking it down to the beaches, surfing the waves. They're now down in Barcelona um, until the end of this weekend. And look, they're just having a great time. Uh, and as we mentioned, it doesn't come round often for these players. Guillaume Girado, second time winner. Fufu Benoit Payog, the first time they've won it. It doesn't happen often. There's not many people that win the top 14 title. So absolutely correct to be celebrating it in style down in Barcelona and long may it continue. There we go. That was Johnny's meter moment of the week. And meter is the world's
1: number one wireless meat thermometer recently making over 11 million cooks better with their game changing app and completely wireless Bluetooth meat probe. You can use it on a barbecue in the oven or in a pan, and you can get your hands on one at meter.com. Plus you can now get 20% off any full price item. All you have to do is enter the code frenchpod 20 at checkout. That's frenchpod 20, and you'll get 20% off any full price item at meter.com. Right, let's have a very quick look ahead to France's tour to Japan before we go. The teams were been named now for the first test. So what do you make of it, Johnny?
2: I mentioned that Benji's down there. That's why he's not mm. with us. He got, he got the call to go work for TF1. Of French TV that bought the rights. Of course he did, Mr. <laughs> Kaiser. Of course he did. But yeah, look, interesting. A few new guys coming in, a few back from injury. It'll be great to see Charles Olivon um, making his way back after a long time out with injury. Really looking forward to watching Juan Tanga, the young number eight, um, before he heads down to La Rochelle in the summer, Mathieu... Jalibera, Max Luku, and nine ten, uh, Vakatawa as well, coming back in at thirteen. Thomas Jolmes from Bordeaux starting the second row. So a few new faces, a few guys with a point to prove. And then on the bench, you've also got Makalu. Another really interesting one is Falatea and Moifana. So you've mm-hmm. actually got an uncle and a nephew. This is bonkers. Playing in a Tier One rugby match for the first time together. So Falatea from Clermont, the replacement tighthead, is actually Moifana's uncle which is absolutely incredible. They'll be playing together for the first time. But I think, look, it's a chance for them to toy a little bit about with these players and see what they can offer. Uh, Kuyu, Astoy as well, before he goes to La Rochelle, looking to step up, take some game time with points to prove. And they'll be desperate to absolutely obliterate Japan, let's be honest, they will want to stick on a show and show Fabian Galti that they can stay within the same systems, they can operate under what they've implemented so far. Defensively, they can stick to their guns under Sean Edwards, not deviate from the plan, be aggressive and take the game to Japan. But no, really looking forward to the different combinations they've stuck out with a few key players getting a rest, but it's a huge couple of weeks for them in Japan. Speaking of friends, some big transfer
1: news surrounding (sighs) the France International, Johnny. (laughs)
2: So I didn't see it coming this season, but I think after the fallout, Cameron Walkie, Christophe Urios, we saw Cameron Walkie, you know, even for the semifinal, almost self-isolating back to the post, slunk down, body language kind of poor, the rest of the group away towards the centre, preparing together and he looked kind of isolated. And I just thought that doesn't look right. And French press reporting today that Racing 92 have actually bought the last year of his contract. And he signed there for the next three, four seasons. So that is huge news, again, for Bordeaux. And we said that Christophe Urios, if there was a decision to be made, if it's him or one of his players who's too big for the boots, it's Christophe that's going to win. So something has been ironed out there. Um Racing have bought the last year of his contract, which is absolutely massive. To, to have bought the last year of one of France's best young players away from an ambitious club like Bordeaux um, is a big, big move for Cameron Walkie. And yeah, we'll see how that pans out. But a big decision to leave a year early his club where he was doing so well and becoming a leader, potentially after that clash with Christophe and, and and move to Paris. And even though you don't miss with Christophe, that's a big call for Bordeaux as well. Massive. I mean, absolutely massive for Laurent Marty to decide with Christophe, okay, we can actually plug something in here. We can find another play, especially chief like a, a guy that is that important to your team. And he's central to everything around line-out, the way he calls, the way he leads that element of the game. They've been so strong. They've got Guido Petty there as well, but They're going to have to bring other people in to back up in those spots. And you're not going to get a backup, the quality of Cameron Walkie, especially one that's that's Gif. So a big decision to let him go. Whether that's been a clash behind the scenes, we don't know. But a big buy for Racing um, and a huge decision for Bordeaux to let him go.
1: And back to the tour then, give us a prediction. Is it going to be 2-0 France in the series with Japan?
2: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I think Benji will enjoy it. I think he's gone to Tokyo. I'm not quite sure if he's in a studio somewhere, but... I think for the players to have that experience to be in Tokyo, I think Japan as well, they haven't played much rugby together at all over the past two and a half seasons. They played their first, they had a hit out um, last weekend that they won comfortably. But I just think the way France are going, the desperation that these boys, you think of Charles Olivon, the desperation they will have to come together to perform straight away and to click and to impress the coaching staff. I think there's so much riding on it. They'll have the bit between their teeth. And yeah, um, I'll go 2-0 for France in this series. Absolutely.
1: Thanks, Johnny. And that's it, isn't it? Last episode of the season.
2: Been ahead of a season.
1: Time to hit the beach. But we'll be back bigger, better next season, yeah? Time to hit the campsite
2: first for the BT Oh, really? yeah. oh God. <laughs> Sounds awful, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's going to be absolute carnage. Um, but no, we will be back soon. Uh, there's some exciting summer transfers coming into the, the staff and this team, Tim, which I think you'll all enjoy. Um, but it's been a real pleasure this year. And yeah, looking forward to a break, but cannot wait to be back before the start of the next year's top 14 season starting in September with a bit of exciting news but looking forward to a break
1: that's it leave people
2: tease them I like it exactly
1: (laughs) cheers Johnny a big thanks to Paolo Garbisi for joining us as well thanks to all you guys for listening make sure you hit subscribe leave us a nice review if you can check us out on Rugby Pass and on YouTube and we'll be back with another episode next season
2: au revoir Johnny cheers Tim catch you next year bye